Okay, hello and welcome to Asia. I'm here with Scarlett, one of the singers from One Voice Chorus, and we're going to talk about spooky stuff. If you could just go ahead and introduce yourself. I'm Scarlett. <laughs> um, <laughs> how long have I been singing with One Voice? Like four years, maybe? I don't know. I have no concept of time anymore. If you come to the concerts, I'm the girl that wails on all the high notes and that's really loud. I feel like that's my identifier. <laughs> and you you had a very identifiable high note in the Carol of the Bells virtual thing that we did for the holiday both years. <laughs> now that we've been through this morass of time. Is there anything else about you that you'd like to share? My hair is always a different color. <laughs> that's the thing about you that I recall from the first time I ever met you. It's my hair. <laughs> yes, because you came. It was one of the my audition. You had bright pink hair. Oh, I did have bright pink hair. I would get that before, like people that would sing that they didn't. They would be like, "I just, I, you always come in. You always have such great hair." <laughs> Thank you. I admit that I thought you would have a sort of different personality based on the hair color. <laughs> what kind of personality? <laughs> like. You're just, you're a very, like, humble and soft-spoken, almost, person, but I feel like I was expecting sort of some kind of, like, brash lesbian or something. Like, I don't... I love that. But I... <laughs> like, I was imagining what it, um... Who is it? Like, Joanne from Rent? Yes. Like, that's who I was sort of imagining when I first just, you know, based on my visual impression of you the first time. Which is not a bad thing. I mean, I just... I was like, oh my god, who's this badass lady with a bright pink hair? <laughs> I think a lot of people thought I was a bitch. And it's because I don't talk to people. <laughs> um, but also because they're like, oh, she's that soprano. So obviously she's a bitch. And she has the hair and she doesn't talk to anybody. So she thinks she's better than everyone else, which is not. True. No, I don't think so either. <laughs> well, they should just get to know you. You just have to talk to me first because I'm too scared to talk to you. <laughs> See, breaking stereotypes about Sopranos with our with our podcast here. Some of it's true, though. So. Well, as with all stereotypes, they're yes. based in truth. That's just why they become so powerful. Okay, and the reason that we're having this conversation now today is because... Tell them why... We're, we've come to this now. <laughs> I've been listening to, if you guys are uh, true crime people, Morbid, uh, which is a true crime podcast, and it's amazing. They're amazing. They talk about spooky stuff, but mostly true crime, and they're hilarious. Highly recommend if you like that kind of thing. And I was like, I want to do something. like a, a pod, That could be cool, because podcast is better than YouTube because people don't see you. <laughs> so I'm sitting at my desk at work listening to these horrible true crime stories <laughs> so i'll just be sitting there and out of nowhere just out loud be like what <laughs> <laughs> well and and you know serendipitously we had thought of creating this podcast then we learned that we both are have this interest in spooky stuff and true crime yeah i love a good um, ghost or murder 
Me too. So originally I was going to try to talk about where I went to grad school, which is, I really couldn't find a whole lot. I did have some creepy things happen when I lived there, which we could talk about. And where, where was that? Where did you go to grad school? Uh, Converse College in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Um, it was an all-girls school built in the 1800s, and it's in the South, so of course it's haunted. There was some creepy stuff that happened in the dorm where I lived, because I lived in one of the original buildings, like the first one that was built. The big things that supposedly happened there was there was a girl who was running away with her boyfriend, fiance, somebody. It's always that. (laughs) Always that. She was jumping out the window because he was supposed to catch her. Oh. And clearly he didn't catch her. (laughs) He died. (laughs) So now she allegedly runs the halls. There's so many problems (laughs) with that story because... First of all, I w- if, if I was someone who was running, what? I would not jump out a window expecting somebody to catch me. Never. No, absolutely not. And that <laughs> building is, I don't know what floor she was on, but it's four stories high. I lived on the fourth floor at the time. There was no elevator in there. It was a nightmare. But um. So you're saying, did, I'm assuming you never experienced any of these supposed things. Well, I experienced some things. But I didn't see a ghostly Victorian apparition running around the halls. The other one was... Victorian? Uh, I don't, that's the wrong type. <laughs> Early 1800s, 19th no, I, century I got... ghosts. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe you were just looking for the wrong outfit. Or something. <laughs> the other big story in that building... Wait, wait, wait. So, but tell me, yeah. tell me what you experienced. Okay. Or is that related to your... It's not, really. Okay. Um, the, so the first semester I lived there, hardly anyone lived in the building. And nothing really happened. It was just kind of creepy. Because it was old. Um, the next semester I lived there, they moved a bunch more people in. Because they were tearing one of the dorms down. And they needed a place to put people. And that's when weird stuff happened. So the first thing was it had like community bathrooms where one hallway shit which I hate it's terrible um but I would shower late at night because I didn't want to share the space and there was only one shower I really liked so I would shower at like midnight because in college you don't sleep I don't but I would go shower so I went there was a girl in the bathroom doing- wait so th- I'm sorry this was during grad school this was during right. grad school I lived on okay. campus because for the first two semesters Okay. But uh, there was a girl like brushing her teeth, getting ready. Nobody else was in there. So I go get in my shower stall I designated for myself. The only one I ever used. Um, <laughs> she left. I was taking a shower, doing my thing. Nobody else came in. I turned the water off in the shower. And I hear water running. And I was like, okay, that's weird because that girl left. And you can hear the door open and close. So I open the shower curtain. And the sink across from me is on both handles, like, all the way. No. All, yes. <laughs> all blast water just, like, coming out of the sink is... Huh. I ran out of there so fast. I was so creeped out. And it happened again one day. I walked in the bathroom, and there was nobody else around. And all the sinks, both handles were completely on. And water was coming out of all the sinks, and there was nobody in the bathroom. See, that is creepy because that is, like, either you're very weird and you just, like, get a sadistic pleasure of turning all the water on full blast and leaving, 
Or, like, that does kind of seem like something a ghost would do because it's so irrational. Yeah, it was weird. And the only other thing that happened, I waited tables. I worked at Olive Garden. And I got off work one weekend. It was late. It was 11, 30, 12 o'clock. Nobody was there because it was the weekend. So I parked my car. I'm walking to the building. And there's a girl walking behind me. I don't think anything about it. It's a college campus. There's people everywhere. And um, she comes in the lobby with me, like follows me in. And I go to swipe my card to get into the stair area so I can go upstairs. And I go, I open the door. I go to hold it open for her. And you know, you turn around when you're holding the door open for somebody, held the door open for her. Nobody was there. (laughs) No one was behind me. And she, I swear she walked into the lobby behind me and there was nowhere else to go. You walked in the lobby and the only other door was for the stairs. There was no one So she wasn't wearing Victorian garb. I don't think so. I wasn't really paying attention to what she had on. Right. But it didn't look like 1800s clothes. However, there was a girl in the 50s who hung herself in her dorm room. Of course she did. Of course she did. And rumor legend has it that um, people would see like the shadow of the noose like hanging on the door where she hung herself in the door frame. Ooh, that gives me chills. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, she would like lock people in their rooms and she was kind of angry. Which I guess you weren't happy if you hang yourself in college. Right. So you think it's possible that that girl could have followed you? Maybe. Was it a, Was it like Was it like you were walking and just like had a sense that someone was behind you but didn't actually see them? No, I, I saw them. Do you? And you don't remember like what they looked like? Not really. I remember they they just looked like a, a normal person. They had like books. And so I didn't think anything about it. And, you know, you kind of just catch somebody behind you and you're like, okay. And, you know, you open the door, they walk into, you don't pay a lot of attention until they're not there. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Exactly. Wow. Okay. See, that's a little, that's more than I was expecting. Like, I, I feel like I never have supernatural experiences like that, even though from always from a young age, I've been very interested in like, you know. I guess been on the lookout or whatever. It's the only thing I've got. Personal experience, you mean? Personal experience. Yeah. Okay. So I know we wanted to actually talk about a place and go in depth about it. And I couldn't find a lot about my school, unfortunately, but I did find a place called the Mordecai House in mm, Raleigh. That sounds very mysterious. Or the Mordecai <laughs> House, I think is how it's pronounced now. Um, oh, okay. somewhere it changed. So at some point it was Mordecai and then it changed to Mordecai probably to make it more American quote unquote sounding. So I have a little like a brief history to give you an idea and then I'll tell you about some of the spooky stuff. Uh, wait, okay. So the Mordecai house, it's considered one of the most haunted houses in North Carolina. Uh, it was built in 1785 actually before Raleigh was even a city. And it's the oldest 
house still on its original foundation in the city. And the guy that built it, his name was Joel Lane, and he's actually considered the founder of Raleigh. So they're important. Um, but he built it for his son, Henry, who was getting married. And they had a daughter, Margaret, who inherited the house, who married Moses Mordecai in 1817, which is how it became its, how it got its name. It was also one of the only plantations in the area. Um, they had over 122 slaves at one point, and it was pretty, they were pretty influential because they were the only plantation in the area. Do you know how big it was? Is? Yeah, so it was originally 5,000 acres. Um, it was one of the largest plantations in Wake County. I went, I'm, I'm still curious about the name change. Like, is that just, where did you see about the pronunciation change? I didn't see a lot about it. I watched like a couple of snippet videos about it and they all pronounced it Mordecai. And then in one article I looked up, they said that during Moses Mordecai's lifetime, originally it was Mordecai and somewhere they changed it. I know he married his wife, wives were, <laughs> yeah, were Episcopalian um, and he was still Jewish. So I think just to make it more American. Because it's so hard to pronounce that well, versus and, that. <laughs> you know, it was tough to be Jewish for a while there. True. Oh, yeah. Especially when you, you know, own a plantation with 122 slaves and <laughs> you're super rich, apparently. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> um, All right. They really okay. did lose their fortune during the Civil War, though. So, but, you oh, okay. Know, <laughs> that was a thing. Uh, but I did find, and this was pretty cool, uh, la about a year ago, so February 2020, um, they did a lot of research into the slaves on the plantation finding out who they were they looked at historical records sale documents um and they built a memorial on the property with as many slave names as they could find to honor the people there so i thought that was kind of cool but anyway than nothing i suppose yeah, <laughs> trying i guess yeah um so uh margaret married Moses Mordecai in 1817. They had some children. Um, she died in 1824. So as is the way in the early 1800s, Moses married her sister. <laughs> and <laughs> well, she was there. You know. <laughs> she was there, as you do. <laughs> Mary. <laughs> you know, Mary their sister, as one does when your spouse dies. Right. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> they got married in 1824, so the same year that she died. <laughs> Basically, right after the funeral. Basically. He was like, well, I want to stay in this family, so. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe she did. Maybe she did. I guess that's unlikely, probably. It's probably like, well, this family's rich, so. <laughs> Even though Moses did become pretty successful, he was an attorney. I think he helped found a, a girl's school somewhere. He did a lot of good things. The house ended up, so they started expanding the house after he married Anne. Uh, and in 1826, it became the house that you see now. So they added on like a second story, four extra rooms. They made it really nice. Um, the house stayed in the family until about 1967. So five generations of Mordecai's lived there. 
until eventually they sold it to the city and it was turned into a historical landmark. Um, they also sold off a bunch of the land for different things. I think there's a Civil War cemetery on some of what used to be the plantation now and a lot of things. So, But a lot of the buildings are still there. You can go tour it. I think you can still see the house. Um, one of the barns is still there, the plantation office, the kitchen. Andrew Johnson was actually born on a house on the property that you can still go see. The former president? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. very strange. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a chapel on the property as well. I mean, I guess it, yeah, I guess it's 5,000 acres, so yeah, that's a lot. A lot of, <laughs> yeah. So that's just kind of a brief overview. So now we can get to some of the spooky stuff if you want. Yes. So the main ghost that is said to inhabit the house is named Mary Willis. Uh, she was lived from 1858 to 1937. And she did die in the house. Her piano is still in the house. And there have been, of course, people hear the piano playing all the time. They'll go in the room and no one's there. Um, sometimes they'll see a gray, like misty object hovering over the piano. Uh, and then she's also seen as an apparition in obviously 19th century clothes, sometimes just wandering around the house. Do people, I guess you probably can't like stay over there. It's not like a bed and breakfast or whatever. No, um, you can go on tours though and see it, but it's not like a, where you can stay overnight. Lots of ghost hunting organizations have been, I think the ghost hunters people on TV went. Um, it's a big place for paranormal people to go. Interesting. Um, so that's a big one. There's a local group in Raleigh that does investigations called the Ghost Guild. They've investigated it a couple of times. And, one, and I actually heard a video of the EVP spirit box thing. It was kind of creepy, but they were in a room asking questions as one does. They weren't getting any information. And so finally the guy said, do you want me to stay in this room? And they finally got a response and it just kept saying leave. It was a man's voice saying leave. <laughs> okay, wait. So I think I should listen to this okay. right now to see my reaction. <laughs> <laughs> it oh my says leave. yeah i mean i've never really heard something like that what do you know what that clicking noise is yeah so i think a, a spirit box from what i've read it's not like evp where they just do recording it essentially like i'm not 100 percent sure how it all works let's find out So we looked up what a spirit box is, and a spirit box is a device that rapidly sweeps the frequency channels of radio stations, creating a white noise effect. This is said to allow spirits to use the energy to manipulate it to form words and phrases. Clear sounds that sometimes are heard as intelligent responses can be caught while the device scans a multitude of radio stations. It is thought the faster the sweep, the clearer the information. Hmm. Interesting. So it's basically just like scanning through 
a bajillion different radio frequencies very quickly. Yeah. <clears throat> that makes sense. That's creepy. That is very creepy. What else you got? Uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, this one is a story I found about one of the housekeepers, like the people who cleans it after it's closed, was there on a day that the property was closed. It wasn't open for tours or anything. And um, she saw somebody walk in from the library that she thought was one of the tour guides. Um, Cause I guess they dress maybe in more authentic time, like period clothing. She thought it was a tour guide, um, but the lady wouldn't talk to her. And she was like, well, okay, this bitch, like why, why, <laughs> why is she even here? Where, you know, she's not even supposed to be here today and she's being rude and won't talk to me. Um, but she said she looked really familiar and she was like, you know, this has got to be one of the guides. So she followed her into the parlor. Um, but when she got there, nobody was there. The room was empty. Okay, this is sounding remarkably similar to your personal experience. <laughs> um, but she realized the reason she looked so familiar is because the person she saw was identical to a portrait in the house of Margaret Mordecai, who was Moses's first wife, who died in the house. Do we know how Margaret died? I didn't see anything about how Margaret died. Okay. They just said she died. I mean, it was the 1800s, so probably like the yeah. flu or something. I don't know what people died of. I feel like if it was something violent or notable they would have probably said. we would yeah probably we would know because everything i just said found said that she died and then he married her sister <laughs> <laughs> well who knows maybe maybe he was interested in the sister before he killed her yeah Ooh, we could write an american horror story season about this <laughs> or the sister killed killed margaret oh, yeah to get her husband <laughs> wow my imagination is going crazy. I mean, you know, people have gotten killed for less. So, why not? Very, very, very true. Um, the next thing... Let's see, I'll do this one. So, the current uh, property manager was in the house doing, I guess, some work. She was on a ladder. And she ended up falling off the ladder like the ladder came out from under her and she ended up falling and breaking her leg um and she's convinced like she'll tell people she's like you know I didn't fall the ladder wasn't loose she said the ladder was physically pushed out from underneath her causing her to fall and she ended up breaking her leg <laughs> lord so maybe that was Margaret because she was mad because she got killed <laughs> <laughs> maybe i have a fear of ladders like i feel like they can easily fall so that one isn't as convincing to me but she's convinced that but... it's pushed out from underneath her yeah but I I mean... so there's a couple of other things there's apparently a photo in the house of patty mordecai um and every time if you are around the photo in the same room if you say anything derogatory about her or her family uh, the picture will fall over. And more than one person has experienced that. So that's kind of creepy. Um, 
visitors have also experienced feelings of intense emotion or sorrow so strong that they've had to leave the house entirely. Um, they think it may be linked to like the Civil War and all of that um, because apparently a lot of Civil War battles were fought nearby and on around the property. So visitors and residents of Raleigh have claimed to see apparitions of soldiers and nurses and other like Civil War people wandering various places on the property. Wow. And I guess, um, was there anything about any of the slaves? I didn't see anything about any of the slaves. I was looking into that, which is how I found about the memorial. Um, but I didn't see anything about, but I imagine <laughs> there's probably some slave ghosties. I was going to say, like, of, of all the spirits <laughs> that had traumatic lives or whatever, like, Probably some of them. Maybe that's who pushed the girl off the ladder. Maybe. Was it a white lady? <laughs> was it a white lady? <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. But yeah, there have just been lots of just general reports of, um, you know, footsteps when no one's in the house, objects moving on their own, pictures falling off the walls. Uh, when certain family members are being talked about during tours. Apparently this has been seen on multiple occasions. They'll talk about somebody and their picture will fly off the wall. Um, so just kind of weird, creepy things. Um, there's reports of being touched, pushed, whispers, uh, silverware rattling in other rooms. So all of the creepy stuff. Uh, now it's making me want to visit you can visit there are tours <laughs> <laughs> uh you can visit the whole property all the buildings that are still there but the guided tour of the house apparently takes about an hour that's a pretty good segue into the only thing that i researched okay. for this episode which is um i recently went to the biltmore you know a similar ish mm -hmm. thing like a, a historical house and i found out that apparently the pool in the basement of the Biltmore, which is very creepy looking. It um, is creepy. I... <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, the whole basement was very creepy, I remember. Yeah. The whole but, area is really... Yeah. There's like a room where, I think it was his daughter, Cornelia, and her husband, I believe, like when they were a little older, they painted this basement room filled with for a New Year's Eve party and it's like filled with all of these I, I mean not like inherently creepy but just they were it was creepy to see like the paintings that they made and how they're preserved across time and and that and so that made the basement creepy and then you walk through like to the pool which is apparently one of the most haunted rooms in the building and I found a little article about it that says the swimming pool is the most haunted room in the Biltmore estate. <laughs> and apparently where his wife, Edith, George Biltmore's wife, Edith, threw some killer pool parties. Laughing, splashing, yelling. I guess people hear, hear that. It's said that, like, you can still see George's ghosts. Ghosts? You can see his ghost. <laughs> you can still see George's ghost 
like either walking to and from the pool like to the library or something so I did not experience anything when I was there but yeah apparently that's a haunted area I wish I had more like personal haunting experiences because I just I'm like Mulder from the X-Files like I want to believe (laughs) (laughs) I still don't know I mean I had my creepy experience and I'm still like I mean I think so but I don't I still don't know I did read in my brief Googling of of Biltmore last night that um, apparently there's been reports of like the ghost of a headless orange cat on the property, which I would love to know more about. That is a very specific and weird apparition. I would love to know. Well, maybe for our next episode. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever gone to like a spirit medium or anything like that? I haven't. I was wanted to. I did get a tarot reading a couple of weeks ago, which was very cool. But what was that like, if you don't mind sharing? Yeah, so I did it. I had a girl, I've never met her in person. We somehow are Facebook friends. I don't know. (laughs) Um, And we chat sometimes, um, but she did one for me and it was eerily correct. One of the things she told me in my reading, which was kind of weird, was that um, one of the cards I got is one that's like a very high spiritual card. And she's like, it means that you have really strong intuition and like you're probably kind of psychic (laughs) interesting i was like oh so we should have a seance is what you're saying yes (laughs) (laughs) a very safe seance where we don't actually summon anything yes yes i've seen one too many of those horror films yeah you just bring in a demon right none of that
Ossia is a podcast from One Voice Chorus, the LGBTQIA and Allies Chorus of Charlotte, North Carolina. View our performances on YouTube and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching One Voice Chorus Charlotte. Please subscribe and rate Ossia. You can also support our chorus by making a donation at www.onevoicechorus.com. <laughs>